0: to In Review, the podcast where either one or both of us have not seen the movie we are about to watch. I'm Jesse. I'm Ryan. And
1: today is, uh, is a new day, is a new year. It's a new year, 2018, ladies and gentlemen. We are there, y'all. Finally, we have arrived. It's a beautiful time. We've missed you. So very much. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah. Holiday season is kind of the... Uh, you know, the Super Bowl, if you will, of uh, the industry that uh, Jesse and I work in. So it, yes. it was a very packed uh, season.
0: Yes, it was uh, It was filled with lots and lots and lots of not being able to do anything else but work.
1: And then when we finally decided that we were able to do something, we watched Schindler's List, which yep, probably wasn't the best decision we've ever made. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, definitely not putting you in like the Christmas spirit. If you will. Far from it. <laughs> so now that that one's done, we've decided to keep on going. We've got uh, a lot of interesting things that we want to talk about today. Yes. <clears throat> First and foremost, since it is 2018 and we have started our new season of podcasting, let's talk about what did we get for Christmas. Now, well, there's a little bit of a caveat. What did you get for Christmas that was movie related?
0: That was movie related. So I can, talk, I can kind of talk about what you got me. But yeah, Yeah, it it does count. It's fair. Yours counts. So I had told Ryan the story about this toy that I got as a kid and ended up giving to my brother. But I talked to my brother about it later. And it wasn't so much that, it was that he got it and I didn't. It was whatever. It was mixed up. Anyway, Ryan felt bad for me. So he bought me this particular toy. For those of you who grew up in the 90s and watched Batman the Animated Series, they had a film called Batman, Mask of the Phantasm, and he bought me a two-pack of that Batman and the Phantasm in a limited collector's edition box, and it was one of the most beautiful things (laughs) I could ever get, and I told my brother about it, and he was like,
1: What? (laughs) No way! Well, you kind of cryptically referred to it, but basically... the story that you told me before this was this sob story where you complained for like a good 30 minutes about how your brother got uh, the Penguin for Christmas toy, right. and you got Batman, yeah, the animated series Batman, right. as a toy. yeah. And your brother is obviously a bigger Batman fan than you, yeah. and you're the bigger brother, and so basically you're... Sorry, talk. Joel, but he had a hissy fit, and your parents <laughs> are like, hey, Jesse, you need to give. You need to swap out. You you had to play with Penguin. And he had to play with Batman. You were ticked, and so for like the entire like thirty minutes of this conversation, you 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 basically were talking about like my brother, love him, but <laughs> you like like complain like because you have a sense of justice about you. I do, and and you know Batman is a symbol of justice, yeah. And so to get the justice removed from you in a non justified way, right? It just for me it was like oh this is a perfect opportunity to you know. It meant so much to right, me. right the wrongs in your life. It was a beautiful moment. So that's why I got you the Batman
0: action figure. Yes, and it was great. I loved it. But yeah, I, I'll tell you right now. If he hears this podcast, he'll tell you a different version of it, which is fine. Because like <laughs> I heard him, I heard him, and I was like, okay. Because like I'm, I think I missed like one step in the process, and I'm like, I, I I'll concede. Well, but, here's the thing. This is yeah. this
1: is this is record. This is recorded. It's sealed. Yeah, like this is forever on the internet. Sure. So, you know, he can have his own story, but it's fake news. <laughs> right, what else did you get film-related for Christmas?
0: So I also ended up getting The One I Love on Blu-ray. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. Um, it's, it's basically, there's three actors in the movie, okay. really just two. Mm-hmm. And it's um, it was done Mark Duplass and Elizabeth Moss are in it. They're the title roles. Ted Danson is in it. Ted Danson. Right? Um, Go but, over. But watching, like, that movie I wanted so badly, and it's one of those that you don't just see in the store. Like, my brother had to get it specially ordered because
1: it's just nowhere. Because it's not a famous movie? No,
0: it's not at all. It was on Netflix for a while, and then I think it went off, and we'd watched it about four or five times, like, almost back-to-back and showed it to some of our friends. And So is this, like, your three to tango? Pretty, well, your
1: three to Tango is—it's a bad movie. This is a good movie. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yes, I know it's a bad movie. I just—I—I I, I should never have gone on Rotten Tomatoes, and I found out on Rotten Tomatoes that it has like you know twenty-one percent. And I was like, <laughs> it's, that means one out of four people, one out of five people like this movie. Yeah. Okay, fine.
0: No, yeah, mine's but but mine's definitely one of those like indie hipster films that like nobody's heard of, you know. <laughs> For sure. But I got like okay, the, what hit, else, I got the what else did you get? I got the Hitman's Bodyguard and Valerian, the City of a Thousand Planets.
1: Okay, so you actually got movie movies. I did
0: actually get movies. Okay. What, what else? about
1: you? Well, um, I got an iTunes gift card. Nice. So with that I bought um, I bought three to Tango on a digital copy. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, I, I I also was able to get Atomic Blonde. Okay. Which I thought was for an action film, awesome. And then um, I also bought a documentary. It's called 89. It's based on my favorite soccer team, um, Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, like, a dramatic late winner. They had to win a game by uh, two goals, and they won it in the 89th minute in 1989. Uh-huh. And it's, a, I mean, an amazing, like, for, like, sports history, in English soccer, that's, like, one of the pointed to, like, best moments of soccer history so they made a documentary on it they interviewed mm-hmm. all the players or anything oh, anyways wow. i digress let's yeah. see what else did i get you got me home alone too because i did not have it mm-hmm. and the thing after yeah, watching it, boy. it was great speaking of the thing for christmas i also got from my wife alamo draft house mondo paired up and made a board game about the thing right and it's kind of like secret hitler like basically somebody in your group is the thing and they're trying to infect everybody in the outpost, and you're trying to basically decontaminate the entire outpost.
0: Yeah, you're trying to identify the thing to quarantine it and take it down, yep. the thing is trying to get around and infect everybody. Correct.
1: Yeah. So that's cool. What else did I get? Um, well, my daughter has been obsessed with Disney's the, uh, the Disney's Cars franchise since Christmas. Um, so we got all three of the Cars films. I have watched them probably about ten times each now. I'm sorry. You, you know, <laughs> the second one, even though it has Michael Caine in it, is okay. Yeah. The third one, the reboot, basically, where they're trying to get a whole new generation in on it, well done. In fact, it was so well done, and Eleanor loved it so much. Eleanor is my daughter's name. Uh, that for Santa got her a, a Cruz Ramirez Christmas ornament. Okay.
0: Yeah, they're good. I might go through it because I watched the first one and it's easily
1: my least favorite. Oh, uh, he, he, no, no, no. Oh, the least the favorite Pixar's. Pixar's? No, dude. The Good Dinosaur is everybody's least favorite Pixar film. Oh, I never saw that one. Okay. It might be. If oh, I did. that would totally be your least favorite. Um, second of all, Wally. I love Wally, but it's still on the bottom of my list. It's, it's lower, but I still. Bugs Life? Bugs Life's amazing. What are you talking okay, about? No. That was like the first one. Cars is fantastic. You have to you have to like watch it once just to watch it, but then you watch a second time, and if you watch it with IMTB up, the amount of stars in each movie. And here's the other thing: I grew up as a kid in Virginia watching NASCAR races, like on Sundays, at, at, like before football started. It would be everybody was watching NASCAR, which I don't understand. So, oh no, I mean cars going around in a circle really, really super fast. Not very entertaining for a seven-year-old. No,
0: not even for a 30-year-old
1: right now. But I, like, Come on. It's like
0: watching paying to watch traffic.
1: Yeah, but, you know, growing up with all of those greats, I mean, obviously, not a lot of people watch NASCAR as they used to in the 90s. Sure. But, like, you know, I watched, like, Daryl Cartrip and Ricky Rudd and, um, Jeff you Gordon. know, Rick, Jeff Gordon, Richard Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt right. Jr., all these people, right? Yeah. And a lot of them, or at least people that are associated with that industry, are voices of... Cars, the cars in the movie in the movie and yeah. so and, and so they just do a really good job of, like paying homage to that whole industry i do think that's so cool. it, it, so i appreciate it because now as a father of a two-year-old i'm getting into these scenarios where i'm stuck watching a children's film over and over and over, and over. i mean like my daughter wakes up and she, the first thing she says is like ka like, which, which is what Lightning McQueen says. And like, that means yeah. that she, she wants to watch Cars. I mean, I don't think I've watched anything but Cars the past two weeks. And so the thing is, that if I have to watch it over and over, it's like it's like John Lasseter knew. John Lasseter was like, hey, adults are going to have to watch this over and over because I'm like basically rotting their children's brains. So I want to make it entertaining for adults, too.
0: Right. But that's the case with nearly every Pixar and Disney film. There's always some
1: sort of mild innuendo or humor for a grown-up that is true they do it so much better than dreamworks has ever done it because dreamworks tries to slide in things for the adults to get the kids when not get shrek's really good at it but yeah it's so much more heavy-handed i think mm-hmm. anyways so yeah that's all the film related things that i can think of that i got for christmas good chunk of it right there i tell you love it man well okay so that's christmas things yeah, Let's talk about the Oscar nominations because there are some controversial ones.
0: There, Yeah, there's some stuff that I'm, I... When did they come out? They came out... A couple um, days ago. Um, yeah. I
1: think Thursday of last week. No, Monday or Tuesday of this week. Yeah, it was either Monday or Tuesday. Three days ago. Week, so that yeah. was... was we're, we record on Thursday evening. So Monday. Yeah. Here we go. So um, a lot of people have argued that they waited to release the Oscar stuff until after the global, the glo- um the Golden, Globes. Golden Globes. Yeah. As a as a, a kind meet. of like a primer. Like, yeah. Let's make
0: sure that let's see how these
1: test and then we can. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, now that data analysis is like a big thing in 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 the industry, I wonder if we'll start seeing things change. But right. Um, let's go do best picture, um, best director, lead actor, lead actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. So that's six categories. Yeah. Good chunk. And, I mean, those are the main ones. Yeah. I mean, we can because we, we can go super meta, but... Right.
0: We won't go to because the, obviously there's more categories than are even listed in what we normally see. And
1: when, when they finally win, whoever wins, you know, then we can talk, we can talk about our, our you know, what yeah. we thought, well, we should talk about what we thought, what we think, who we think are going to win.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. As far as based like what, what we know. know, based on what we know. Yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll run through the best picture list real quick. Okay. So we have, what, one, two, three. A lot, I yeah,
1: think. tons. So Eight, nine,
0: nine So okay, call me by your name, Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri.
1: And the thing is, is that what I don't, what I find frustrating is like a film like Get Out, which, by the way, is this podcast. If we didn't read the title. Because Jesse hasn't seen it, and I think it's the best film of the year. So that's got my vote. But I know it's not going to win it. And here's the reason why I know they're not going to win it. It came out in the beginning of 2017. Yeah. And almost half of these these films are currently still in the movie theater. Right. They played it
0: smart and waited.
1: It's not
0: fair. Well, it's one one of those things, too. And this is not... As far as Get Out is concerned... I don't know enough about it to to make, I guess, a fair assumption, but it's like it was so huge when it came out and the Get Out out Challenge was so big and, you know, it's obviously kind of tapered off. The Get Out
1: Challenge was the Get Out Challenge.
0: Uh, when you run straight at the camera as fast as you can and then you turn away so oh. before, before you hit it Jordan Peele did that on Jimmy Fallon late night on Jimmy Fallon that was fantastic and like
1: ran straight at the camera and peeled out you'll know exactly that out. scene when it happens too yeah um, you know Get Out was a sleeper hit no one assumed that it was going to be a big deal No, there wasn't even a lot of marketing for the movie it was just hey Jordan Peele came out with the movie and, and it, you don't get a lot from the trailer but right Basically, so, like, you know, opening weekend, it wasn't that big of a deal, but it, it, it exploded by word of mouth. And it's one of those movies that regardless of whether, and, like, there's just the fact that the, the Academy was willing to even recognize it and put it in Best Picture when it really is a horror thriller film is, wow, we're, we're growing up. Good job, Academy. It
0: is, it's something that's interesting. We have However, a monster I will say, film
1: and a horror film.
0: What I personally hope for one day more so than a horror thriller is comedy because the last thing that ever really won that I'm aware of was like Annie Hall with Woody Allen.
1: Yeah, but the thing is comedy is lumped in with musical.
0: Yeah, but I don't I don't appreciate that sometimes. Like I think about it, I'm like comedies and musicals don't go hand in hand. They aren't the same thing and they're basically lumping it into the same category mm. when I feel like that's I mean, I get I get why you separate, but I also Think it's unfair when there's some incredibly well done comedies that right. definitely deserve more credit than they get, right? Uh, as far as for me though, who's gonna I, win? I've seen Darkest Hour, Dunkirk, Phantom Thread, and The Post. Now,
1: and now Christopher Nolan has never been recognized for a film, no, he's not, and
0: so this is one of those times where I feel like he has an incredible shot at it. It's kind of interesting, too, I because I don't think it's his best film, I, I don't either, but I do think that it is. One it, it is how he did how he filmed it was brilliant because it's not a war movie if you mm-hmm. will mm-hmm. it really is a suspense film. Anyways, we know? can we can but talk anyway, depth. But I think out of all, I think yeah, I think out of all these though, if I had to pick from these, I might even have to go. I might even have to go. Ah oh, man, it's
1: between the not post you, and darkest Now what hour. you
0: think? Now what do you think the academy is going to vote on? Right. What if, do you want? If I was going to pick, man, The Darkest Hour was pretty incredible. Gary Oldman became Winston Churchill.
1: I know, but we're not British. This is an American... Academy, they're not going to vote a British film. Uh, out of all these things, so Darkest yeah. Hour and
0: Dunkirk. Aren't gonna get I would it. say The Post. The Post, yeah. Spielberg did an amazing job.
1: Okay, it's pretty hard to to say no to that. All right, you want to do that? I really hope that Lady Bird wins it though. I thought that was great. Anyways, lead actor. <laughs> so we've got uh, Timothy uh, Chalamet for Call Me by Your Name, Daniel Day Lewis for Phantom Thread, uh, Daniel Kaluuya for uh, Get Out, Gary Oldman in Darkest Hour, and Denzel Washington for Roman J. Israel, Esquire. Uh, Gary now, Oldman. Gary Oldman has always been that actor, and we talked about this act, when we did um, the, uh, the Leon, pro- Leon the Professional. Yeah. That he's a he's a chameleon. It's very hard. Most <laughs> people don't know who he is, yeah, because uh, every role that he does is so different. Yeah, absolutely. He's, so I haven't seen Darkest Hour, but I think he deserves it, and it, it might be like a Revenant type of thing, right? Just like last year, DiCaprio's role in Revenant wasn't the best he's ever done. Right, no. But it's, I, been, it's been a long time coming. Sure. Gary deserves his Oscar. I agree.
0: Okay. Lead actress? So we have Sally Hawkins in The Shape of Water, Frances McDormand, the Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie from Itonia, Saoirse Ronan, Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep from The Post. I think that Meryl's going to win because she wins everything. Well,
1: she's already got three. But
0: I would prefer for Margot to win because she
1: did amazing I hear F she Tonya Harding. I hear she killed it. I liked C.R.C. Ronan and Lady Bird, though. I love oh, she. I love so her. She's freaking awesome. <coughs> um, so I my vote's for Miss Ronan, but I think you're right. Margot Robbie's probably going to get it. I would love that. And she deserves it. Yeah. All right. Supporting actor, we've got Willem Dafoe <coughs> on The Florida Project. Woody Harrelson for three billboards, Richard Jenkins in the Shape of Water, Christopher Plummer, for all the money in the world, and Sam Rockwell, three billboards. This is hard. I haven't seen uh, any of these. I haven't either. So this is going to be just kind of grasping straws. But I love Sam Rockwell.
0: Oh, I do too. So
1: I'm just going to be a little biased and say Sam. I think I would want
0: Sam to win. And I, I think and He won the it. Golden Globe. Right. I think I would say him, but I think Christopher would probably win it for his like the time he's been in film, and what he's done, and because he took over Kevin Spacey's role and, and finished the film in no time.
1: That's right. I remember this now. He basically was willing to step in.
0: And he did it all insanely fast, and it was exactly what Ridley Scott wanted. And like, So I feel like the, the, they will pick him, but
1: I would, I would probably lean towards Sam myself. Wow. Well, do you even think that he's going to be invited to the Academy Awards? Kevin Spacey? No, not at all. He's like shunned from no, society he's gone. We uh, won't see him for another 20 years, I'm guessing. Wow. Maybe he will pull around the landscape and only work outside of the U.S. That's possible. Supporting actors, we've got Mary J. Blige and Netflix's Mudbound, which is crazy. Allison Janney and I, Tanya, Leslie Manville for The Phantom Thread, Laurie Metcalf in Lady Bird, and then Octavia Spencer, The Shape of Water. So Octavia Spencer, was, uh, she won this already for The Help.
0: Oh, that's right. I was going to say Hidden Figures, but I was like, I don't think that won anything. No, it was from The Help.
1: Right. Um, Laurie Metcalf did fantastic. I think Allison Janney is going to win it, though. I do, too. I think Allison's got it. Yeah, like she in the bag. She was amazing in that movie,
0: and it was also horrifying to watch. Though
1: I have been told that Bloodbound was a fantastic Netflix original, and maybe that's something that we should consider doing in the future as a it's possible, podcast yeah. for a Netflix movie. We might be able to do that, I think. All right, the last thing before we call it, because it's oh, a lot of time. We've spent. Yeah,
0: the director... So, we have Christopher Nolan, Dunkirk, Jordan Peele for Get Out, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for Phantom Thread, and Guillermo del Toro for The Shape of Water.
1: Christopher Nolan has never been nominated for director, only for original screenplay. That's true. Or if he's been nominated for a director, he's definitely never won it. I think he maybe was for, like, Rises, for Dark Knight Rises, but I'm not 100% on that. So, my vote's Christopher. I mean...
0: I want Christopher to win, but Paul's gonna
1: win. I swear, I'm gonna be so ticked if the Phantom Thread wins a lot. It's gonna win tons. I'm it's sorry, it's just not fair. I agree. I'm like, don't get me wrong. That
0: movie, I, I know it sounds weird. It's a great movie, but I'll never watch it again. It's just like I can't handle the, what they go, what they show you. I'm like, it's like, it's, it's like, terrible.
1: Was it like a couple years ago with Birdman? Birdman was a movie that was very clearly pandering to like actors. Like, I loved it. I I hated it because it was so, so good. obvious. It was so <laughs> heavy-handed obvious that this was pandering to the academy and they ate it up. Oh yeah, they and did. That pissed me off to no end because it wasn't an entertaining film for somebody who doesn't like like films are supposed to be appreciated no matter where you're from in my opinion. And that was one movie that you have to have the right appreciation for movies. No I, appreciate it. no, I
0: super agree. But that's exactly why I liked it. I'm like, I'm watching this, going, "Oh my gosh, this incredible! A one take movie that obviously it wasn't one take, but like, what they did and how they did it was incredible. And the amount of, of uh, like, for me as an actor and filmmaker, it's impressive. They did insanely long takes, and they knew their, they knew their stuff, and they had to choreograph where they were going to. I thought it was great, but I know what you mean. You're, you're right. It's not like one of those, like, anybody can watch this. Like, yeah. You do have to kind of be in that.
1: So the you know, 90th Academy Awards will be on March 5th, 2018. Well, you know our picks now. We will see if any of them are right or wrong. And, uh, and we, you, know, you and I should hang out during it. Yeah, that'd be fun. And I was going to say, I don't know.
0: Um, We have barely talked about Get Out. We don't necessarily have to talk much about it other than mm-hmm.
1: Best actor, best director, and best film.
0: Yeah, and the director happens to be a famous comedian doing a horror film, which is very odd, in my opinion.
1: You'll see how it works. You yeah. see, you'll see, you see how it works. That's all I'll give you. Okay. I don't want to talk about it too much, actually. No, I was Because say, I think this is one of those movies where, honestly, if I talk too much about it, I'm going to give things away that I don't want to. Right. So it's better if we just talk about it after the movie.
0: Yeah, okay. Well, then, in that case, I will step out so that you can... Tell our
1: viewers what the synopsis is and then we'll yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna read this one because i don't even want to give it away too too much um all right it's time for a young african-american to meet with his white girlfriend's parents for a weekend in their secluded estate in the woods but before long the friendly and polite ambiance will give way to a nightmare Well, if you have seen Get Out, then uh, we will be back in 30 seconds. Obviously, it takes a little bit longer for us because we're actually going to watch the movie. If you have not seen Get Out and you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend you pause or stop it now. Watch the film and come back because this is absolutely one out of tons of podcasts we've already done that you do not want to miss. You definitely want to watch before the Oscars start. Anyways, we'll be back with our takeaway from the movie Get Out shortly. Thank you.
0: Welcome back to In Review. We have just finished watching Get Out. What do you think? Well, I'm not gonna lie. I uh, enjoyed it more than more than I thought I would. Definitely saw Jordan Peele's influence as far as the comedy aspect of it. Not that there was much, but. What there was was well, The great. TSA agent yeah. character had to be there in order for it to work. Yeah. Rod was fantastic. He was... <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like this whole thing is riddled with, like, racial and social commentary. Mm-hmm. The whole thing. So much so that, that Rod, and this is not to be unfair, but, like, it's been in every skit and, like, stereotype ever... But he's he's the black man who's telling you, "Don't do that." Oh, like in the horror film, constantly giving you advice like, "Don't go in there, don't do that, don't do this." And they're doing Which it was, language. it it, it's almost not maybe not too much,
1: but it's like it's like let's go ahead and embrace that. Someone had told me, you know, that when you see this movie the second time, knowing what you know after you've watched it the first time, it gives it an extra layer of complexity because you watch it through a different lens right because you know like Georgina is actually the grandma and the groundskeeper is actually the grandpa right like it makes and so when you watch it the second time around and you know all those things the girlfriend's actually in on it the whole time right and so yeah watching it the second time it is it is much different because Rod actually calls it in the very very beginning when he talks to me yeah she hypnotized people well, he's hitting that out and people turn him into sex slaves. Sex slaves. <laughs> and he was yeah. totally right from the very beginning.
0: Right. Which I thought was really, really funny how that how that worked. Because it really, you know, even in the very, very beginning, you're just watching it and you're like, oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know why this man just got kidnapped.
1: Yep. Why did this happen? Yep. You know. And, and honestly, I didn't even recognize after I watched it the first time that. The guy that got kidnapped in the very beginning is actually the guy uh, that um, from Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, no, I, I I caught that like as I was watching, and I was like, that makes sense because it's always one of those things. It's like that was not just for no reason. Yeah, you know, and it, it took it took me a minute, but like <laughs> when he started to talk about this this missing guy, and I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. that dude in the beginning, but the different like he had facial hair, yep. different attitude, you know, different totally different, you know, vibe entirely when you when you see the guy initially, so it's almost like, what am I looking at? You know. But it's uh it's really interesting to watch because as soon as it's kinda of funny, I'm watching it the whole time and uh you know there's a gimmick. And I'm not trying to say that to like cheapen it, but like you know there's something that's specific. That's going on because it's with every single black person in the movie, except for like Chris, obviously our protagonist and, something's and off. Yeah, something's wrong with every one of those people that comes across. And you're like, there's a very, there's a very specific reason for this. And they
1: make sure that you feel that. And, you know, and if, if you don't feel that, then they make sure that they hit every little level to make sure that, you know, that something's not right. Like the, the last straw is Chris puts his hand out for a fist bump. Yeah. The guy tries to shake it. Yeah. You knew it was over.
0: You're like something's way off. Yep. It's funny. I even wrote that down as one of my notes
1: when he goes in for the fist bump. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. No, I was. Well, okay. so the 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 major tone is it was Peel's way of making a social commentary on race in the United States by basically making it get funny or awkward and funny. Yeah, it's kind of funny because
0: I know that in in interviews between um, Peel. And key both I, uh, I believe they both have uh, mixed parents, so they've grown up in both worlds, kind of, and they feel like And in it shows in like their show even mm-hmm. and then in this, they have they have an ability to be sort of a chameleon in that sense they' they can dip their toe in both worlds in it and it work. Yep. they've seen both sides they know both sides better than a lot of us ever can or will. So I think that's a really cool way to. To bring it to light, because not a lot of people do that or well, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I really did enjoy it. I'm watching it going, all right. You know, like this is, it's one of those things, though, it's kind of, it's not like I necessarily knew what was going on, but they did give you kind of like little hints as you start to go through and things like when they talk about hypnotizing, like everything is like foreshadowing. Yep, you know.
1: Yep. So now now do you see why I was okay with the fact they announced that Jordan Peele will be taking over the Twilight Zone? Yeah, watching that felt like a very
0: particularly strange Twilight Zone episode, like, you know, m- far more gruesome, but like watching it and seeing what he goes through and everything is not too uncommon from like a storyline you might get from that series. And he's already
1: written about 3 more scripts that Aren't Obviously get out but have that type of feel hmm so he, he's for for film for movies, so It's I don't know for your first movie for it to be a sleeper hit like this for it to be as good as it is for I mean, I, I'm, I'm pumped
0: yeah, no, I mean and, and this is I'm not trying to be unfair here. Like I did really enjoy I liked it a lot But it's not in my opinion best picture worthy like it's it really is very good and a lot about it i don't know i feel like a lot of it is driven i think a lot of people give a lot of credit to the fact that this is such a accurate social and racial commentary but it's unique but it is unique and the story itself is unique and it is interesting (laughs) but it's it's doing something different but it isn't entirely like Invasion of the Body Snatchers and lots of other horror films across the years where they take over your, your body it's not uncommon it's just, it's, that's what I mean by it, it's not an original idea, it's an idea that's been tweaked, and I'm not saying that's bad, that's so very much of what art is, especially nowadays, we've explored so much and, and, and really painted the pictures that we've wanted to for so long, it's kind of hard to not redo something. Yeah, you I know? Don't know. I'm too tired to argue that. No, I mean, I mean <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be like unfair about it, but it, it is really well done with even like sound cues, like the, um, the teacup. We do use focal points sometimes
1: to guide someone into a state of heightened suggestibility. Heightened suggestibility? That's right. That's
0: right. I knew as soon as I heard that teacup for more than 10 seconds what was going on. Yep. Mm -hmm. But, um, it really drove it home when they show you the cup because they don't show it to you right away. They give you a minute while he's sitting down and things like that. So it's very interesting to like hear things like that and see certain things like, uh, even a flash making such a big difference Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. his phone, you know? And, uh, and uh, there's a moment of total silence when he when Chris walks in and goes upstairs everything's totally fine everybody's talking throughout the living room and as soon as he gets up the stairs everyone stops and just looks up at the ceiling and it's just so weird weird and strange and awkward so i do like how jordan peel was able to like take sound and use it really, really well. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people overdo it. You know, with like the creaking boards and stuff, like the wind howling, and it's just all these obvious things that just set it up. He used different sounds in different moments, and he didn't overdo them. So I do give them a it credit. It's not like it sucked. I liked the movie. I just don't know that I would put it up there with the Oscar nominees on all those fronts. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean... I, it's one of those things though, and this is—I appreciate this about this movie in particular. If you were to call it a horror, which I don't even know that I would, it—it it pretty much is, I guess. But it's like a horror and a suspense. It's a thriller. Thriller type thing, and I like those because it really isn't like hack and slash and Mm-mm. crazy murder, screaming, and all this other junk. It
1: holds up second viewing. Most most films like that don't, because you know you know the the twist and everything, but it still holds up well. Yeah, and I w- I will say
0: too that the the dialogue was really natural. There's a lot of moments that he I I really liked how they played out. I liked how they um made it feel like this is a conversation that a
1: boyfriend and girlfriend would have. Well, not only that, there there's parts actually when they're like when the four of them like the husband wife the girlfriend and Chris are all hanging out and talking and they're actually talking over one another mm-hmm. which you know you don't you don't really get that dialogue usually because it you want to catch what everyone's saying mm-hmm. but having them talk over each other I and mean, main characters talk over one another makes it feel like you're just doing a normal conversation mhm i agree and those are those can be really
0: hard to pull off mhm I know whenever, and I think any of us know this, whether you're acting a scene or you're just having a conversation with somebody, especially multiple somebodies, it's hard to make it sound good and everybody understand what's going on still. You know, so I really, there, there is so many things that were done right and the casting was really great. Yeah, you had Milton from Office Space. Right, which was kind of a surprise to me because like anything I've ever seen him in really has been
1: comedy you know well this isn't any different see the thing is is that this movie is funny yeah yeah
0: it It is i laughed a bunch of times yeah (laughs) even in the moments which i think is which that is probably my favorite part of this movie is that it it, it's a horror it's a comedy disguised as a horror or thriller Mm mm-hmm because Jordan Peele has grown up in comedy his whole life and done so much of that his whole career, he couldn't just get away from it. Mm-hmm. So he instead decides to use it as this vehicle to tell another story, but but get your attention. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing, horror, anything that scares us is uncomfortable. And some people enjoy horror, but people love to laugh. So if you can bring that into something like this... I think that's a really good way to, to, to get someone captivated and not like drive them away. I think that's a big part of why it's so widely acclaimed. Right. Yeah, I agree. You know,
1: so I mean. I mean, I loved Obama. I would have voted for him a third time if I could. <laughs> oh my gosh. If it's like the equivalent of saying like I have a black friend, so that gives you permission to say things that are actually racist. Yeah. That's not cool
0: no I know I've always thought that was so interesting when people say things like this like, I oh, don't
1: know yeah I think that I, I was glad that he like he did a lot of that type of stuff basically the show because you're you're watching the movie from the viewpoint of Chris right yeah and so as a white person watching it from the viewpoint of Chris when things like that happen you finally get the feeling, like, I mean, not fully, obviously. No. But you get a feel for how Chris feels in those situations. It's awkward as hell.
0: Yeah. No. <laughs> it's it's absolutely true. It's like, if you flip it around, I'm sure... Yeah, it, it's it's so hard to watch because you're just like, why do, do I bet...
1: Do I sound like... Yeah, do, I I happens, say, says, do, do I Do I say, say these things? Th- no. God, I hope I don't. Yeah, I was like, please, God, tell me I don't do this, you know? But, it, but it, I mean, so... That, that's what I mean by, like, the racial commentary. I mean, there's blatant ones, but I think that that's, like, one that I think is pretty subtle that I think is, it was well done. It's like, Peele has this opportunity to kind of, like, show you how ridiculous you guys look at sometimes, you know? No, it's absolutely true. It's
0: really, It's I think it's really cool. Like, there, I, I bet you, you know, so very much that's a big reason why they were, like, the Academy and everyone who nominated it was just, like, I learned something. You know, was, I would hope those old hearts. I mean, hey, I'm glad they're
1: around so that we can have these things. But yeah, yeah you see, you always get to say you always have to say something nice about the Academy because you're an acting and you have a potential of maybe being there someday. I, be. I, for one, think it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a liberal conspiracy <laughs> full of old rich people that. I mean, um, I know I can go on. I, I don't really no, I know, care. No, I, mean, like, I know what you mean. You, you got to have somebody make a, a basis comparison. It's a big deal. I still think it's rigged. Politically. No, no,
0: I'm not against that at all.
1: I'm, I mean, Pointy I, case is Birdman, like I said. Sure. No, <laughs> that's fair,
0: too. I mean, like, I personally really love that movie for so many different reasons, but I can understand why it was nominated and why it won and all those things. But I get it, you know, cause there was one
1: thing I did like about it and not get out. But Birdman was um, when Michael Keaton's walking down the hallway. Mm-hmm. And it's a single shot. The pull, So the but the camera's not on a dolly track because then the dolly track would be shown when they're because yeah. they're walking backwards. Yeah, it's a steady cam like yeah, operator with a, a partner. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that shot. Nuts. Dude, Who, whoever was on holding that camera deserves like. A million dollars. Yeah, dude, those rigs are insane. They, so. they they weigh a ton, and they like, I've seen
0: it make grown men like, I have to take a break and like have to walk away for
1: a while. Yeah, but then, it's, but he also had to do it backwards, going downstairs. No, yeah, exactly. Like and just just not die, not die. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's true. It's crazy, but yeah. And as far as like camera work in this. It wasn't entirely, like, crazy amazing, but I did like his framing in this movie. It was really well done, and I one of my favorite things that he did, it was probably the most uncomfortable I was, and it's such a trope. Um, but uh, basically, when Georgina comes into his room, into Chris's room to explain why she moved his phone. And the camera's really close to her face. They don't start close, not very close, but they just get closer and closer and closer the whole shot until she leaves. And then the tear comes and everything. And no, 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 no. A whole bunch of no's. Oh, no. <Reporter inhale> No, 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 I was like, I don't get uncomfortable watching stuff like horror films and things like that, but that was unnerving. Yeah. It's
1: also unnerving, the shot with the grandpa running at him and then turning real quick. Yeah. Yeah. When you know it's coming, which you knew it was coming because you talk about the get out challenge. Yeah. Um, it's it's whatever. I mean it's it's interesting, it's weird, it's like what the heck, why is that happening when you haven't when like when I saw a movie theater and only been out for a week mm-hmm. and that shot happened, it was uncomfortable as all get out. Like you had no clue what the heck was going on. You're just like Wait, what why why is that going on? Why is that in you?
0: <laughs> no, yeah. I still I watched that scene. And I've replayed a bunch of stuff where I was like, okay, that makes sense, that makes
1: sense, that makes sense. That run doesn't make any sense still. Oh, no, it does. So um, his dad lost to Jesse Owens to qualify for the Olympics. Oh, and so he just goes out and runs? Because he's in a black man's body now. He feels like he can run faster
0: so stupid he's been in there for how long and he thinks he can just run in the middle of the night through the woods up to the front It doesn't make any sense
1: it's still it's the reason why he's running i mean peak I, physical that, that's, performance
0: that, okay that's maybe a little more fair but i was still i guess well okay i was about to say they're not senile or crazy and i'm like of course they're crazy they're out of their freaking minds both of them the grandma and the grandpa Oh, yeah, and there was another thing, and I don't know if I'm right about this, but I just remember looking at it and thinking this is what I saw. But that same shot, essentially, that same scene, when Chris goes out to smoke and doesn't <laughs> end up smoking because the grandpa runs past him. He's like, what the heck? And he looks up at Georgina um, in her window, and she's staring in the mirror. Or no, she she's staring out the back door all of a sudden, and he didn't know she was there, but she sees her own reflection. It looks like her, only her right eye is cross eyed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought too. I was like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Her, her eye was cross eyed. And then there's another part during the party when he's like looking up at Georgina's room with the camera. Yeah. And what you, what you don't really notice, or well, you're not really looking out for it because you don't know, but second time around, you notice it. She's actually adjusting her wig because she's looking at her scar to try yep. and cover it, and makes then sense. it's kind of funny when I recognize that that's what they're doing. It's like, oh, every person that has had a coagula thing go on, mm-hmm. they're wearing hats or wigs, yep. and they make it very clear.
0: Yeah, no, that behind makes, the scar. It totally makes sense because as soon as, um, you know, uh, she got hit by the car, and I looked at her, I was like, mm hmm. I see what's going on. And then she ends up in the car with him. And I was like, ah, I see the line. Yeah, there it is right across the, the head there. Yeah. And it's funny because like, uh, there's all there. I mean, there's blood, but there's almost, there really isn't much, Mm-mm. you know, and even showing what they show of the lobotomy. It's not, it's, it's precise. It's not like gory and disgusting mm-hmm. and everywhere yeah. and gratuitous. It's, I appreciated that about it. It was like we're only going to show you what needs to be shown. We don't need to show you more than that we, we've got enough going on. yeah you know the the story is the is the driving factor already. I don't really need to flash a whole bunch of you know blood and guts everywhere seriously, yep yeah. so I do definitely give him props for a lot of that stuff because small things can add up and, and mean a lot, and even um what is it, the sunken See? Sunken place sunken place that was really that was a really fun concept. I liked watching that that to me felt very twilight zone I wonder how they shot that like I wonder if he was in a pool oh, in that mm-hmm. he was probably just on a wire rig and on a green screen but his the way his clothes flowed yeah it's a fan he was just like slow motion boo sorry,
1: got excited
0: no yeah I mean but it it is a really cool shot and i and I like um like when he gets knocked out and goes back into the sunken place by the whole family, including Rose. And then they just are like, yeah, take his," You know, you, t- you take his uh, legs and you get his head or whatever. And then t- they take him downstairs and he slowly keeps falling. But you can still see that perspective. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's that kind of a shot you don't see in movies like where they just shoot up underneath you like that. But it's like a perfect perspective. Like, I really liked how they did that and snuck, you know, her in, you know, rose in to kind of be like, and he was one of my favorites, you know, as he continues to keep falling and falling. And then the first time he was in that in the sunken place uh, and um, Missy, the mom, like he watches her like close his eyes. That was that was enough. That was nuts. That was enough. Yeah, that was enough. I was like, that's <laughs> enough. I don't need any more of this. Sex slaves. <laughs> that's exactly what that... Oh, my gosh. He was great. I was using my detective
1: word. Then he sent me some weird picture. And I'm like, oh, man, that's Andre Hayesworth. This dude been missing for six months, right? So I do all my research, you know, because as a TSA agent, you know, you guys are detectives. I got the same training, you know. I, I, we might know more than y'all sometimes, you know, because we dealing with some terrorists. So, but that, that's a totally different story. So look, I go do my, my 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 detective work, right? And I start putting pieces together. And see, this is what I came up with. They're probably abducting black people, brainwashing them and making them slaves or sex slaves, not just regular slaves, but sex slaves. All right. This, uh, you know like like you guys do, but you know, we probably have more more information than you do cuz you know, we deal with terrorists and stuff, but you know. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah. That was so good.
0: God, he was this character. Rod was great. He was he definitely, oh, it worked so well with him. Without him, it, I don't know what we would have done. And I actually, at the very, very end when he shows up, I thought it was, I already knew what was going to happen, I thought. And it twisted just enough for me because I was like, oh, man. I genuinely, I was like, she's, you know, his girlfriend's, you know, Rose is out there on the ground, almost dead. I was like. for help. I was like. A cop's going to come. I know it. It's going to be the cop from the beginning that pulled him over in the first, or that, that came to the call in the first place. He's going to go to jail, it's
1: gonna, and I'm going to hate this. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, once again, it's very heavy-handed commentary, yeah. right? Right. Because if the roles were reversed, we would not have that feeling of anxiety with the police officer showing up. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I, as soon as, like. It's kind of like Romero in Night of the Living Dead. You've seen Night of the Living Dead? yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the very, very end. It's my favorite. The main guy. Um, is it Cindy Poitier? No. Why would no. oh, I think it's Cindy Poitier? No, they were a bunch of, like, no names. Anyways, he he looks out the window. Oh, God. And he so gets shot. horrible. Right? Yeah. And he gets shot and killed. It's the same type of commentary on this. Yeah. But instead, it's his best friend. Right, because you you have to give some form of relief, and I don't think it was his intent to like you know have a bad ending just because of all the other crap he put you through, and it, you know because there is a comedic element, I think it's a very very you could take it and actually make it a very very dark comedy, it works, oh, yeah, yeah, but that feeling at the very end when the cop shows up, of like ah crap, like. Like I said, if the roles were reversed, if Rose was black and Chris is a white dude, that would not be yeah. how, like that feeling. I think that that's something that, I, you know, makes you, makes you realize that, wow, you know what, like there is, there is still some, something, there's some form of an issue still with that scenario that, we, that we're aware of some form in our subconscious and it needs to be addressed. Yeah, and I don't need to get political, but I'm just saying, like that that it, that's unfortunate. Oh yeah, it's true, and
0: it's, but it's it's kind of funny. It really um, makes you think, makes you reevaluate, and it challenges you, and what you think and believe. And I think that's great because sometimes you just watch stuff and you're like, that was easy. I didn't even have to think about it. This made you think. This it's this two movies in a row that we've watched that have made us question ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean that's 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 a huge thing. Sometimes you need uh you need a little spice in your life. You can't just do the vanilla all the time. There you go. Well
1: it's art, right? That's right. So anyways it is your turn to pick a movie next time around, my friend. Yeah, man. I'm excited about it's that. It's kind of funny actually on your list the the one that uh, comes mm-hmm. to mind uh, the Alamo Draftus is actually doing a special viewing of that movie specifically. Oh yeah, dude. I actually
0: was going to talk to you about that, and, you know, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that option here in a little bit cuz I'm like
1: I'm pumped about a couple things. But but that's another John Carpenter film, isn't it? Yes. But... um, We're looking at Escape from New York, by the way, listeners.
0: There's another one, though, that's coming soon, which is Big Trouble in Little China. Also, Kurt Russell slash John Carpenter. Now, isn't that also the same character, though? No. It is not. No? It is not. It is a different one. Wow. Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Those are both... Those are connected. Okay. But Big Trouble in Little China is not. Okay. All great.
1: I've after the thing, I am a Kurt Russell fan. Dude, yeah. We can make we can make the 2018 the year of Kurt Russell. I'd be fine. That would work. Because we got Overboard. Yeah. Tombstone. Executive
0: Decision. Oh, yeah. Dude, I was thinking about that the other day. Great movie. Even Steven Seagal's in it. It's crazy. I still have never seen that one. Executive Decision? Never seen it. Oh, snap. Okay. My wife
1: loves overboard though. So I've seen that of course.
0: You know they're remaking it? No, yeah. Unafair is in it. But it's uh, like a role reversal. Stupid, it's it's crazy.
1: Stupid. Anyway, remakes never work. Well,
0: The Parent Trap was a good remake I thought. No, Lizzie Lohan's a failure. Well, now <laughs> not when she was 11 years old. Remakes don't work. Whatever. Okay. I think we're good on yeah. this for now. So, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you. Uh, we would love to remind you to follow us on Facebook at facebook.com in review podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at in review podcast. This has been in review. I'm Jesse. I'm Ryan. And stay tuned for our next
1: episode. Ooh, might have to start doing a Kurt Russell thon. <laughs> I just I remember. In the thing at the very end when the thing's like, Burr. he's like, yeah, well, F you too. Burr. And that's how it's done. <laughs>